Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth through the word of God. That lives will be supernaturally transformed. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. So I'd like to welcome everyone tonight to today's Bible study. We're going to have a good time in God's word. And I'd like to encourage you to share the broadcast and uh, invite your friends I think we are in the best time and the easiest time to spread the Word of God, to be able to use our social media platforms to teach God's Word. So you can actually be a teacher of God's Word. So I want to encourage you to set up a watch party for those of you on Facebook, um, share the link, and um, let's get more people into the, the teachings and the meetings and we trust God that we're going to have a supernatural flow of the anointing tonight and God is going to instruct us. Praise God. So we started by teaching last Wednesday on praying out God's plan for your life. Praying out God's plan for your life. And that's important. Now you must understand that we are talking about different kinds of prayers. And, and, and sometimes even in the body of Christ... We haven't been taught prayers in the way that we should uh, be taught or make people understand that there are several kinds of prayers. There are specific prayers, there are general prayers, there are prayers of petition, uh, prayers of uh, intercession, supplication, faith, consecration, and all that. But we are focusing on praying out the plan of God. Okay, so this is not just general prayers. No. This is praying out specifically so you can fulfill the plan of God for your life. And that's what we did about last um, week. So if you don't have that um, message, please kindly request for it. It's free. But tonight, I want to talk about praying out God's plan for your loved ones. And in fact, as I was getting ready for the Bible study a few minutes ago, you know, there were some scriptures the Lord shared it and put in my heart that I've never seen in that light. And I'm glad, you know, the Holy Spirit is the teacher. Praise God. Now, let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. And let's start from there. So, you need to follow me now. Ephesians chapter 6. There are certain messages that come that serve as affirmation. What do I mean by that? They affirm what you already know. Some come as revelation. What's revelation? They reveal what you don't know. And some as what? Repetition. Just repeating what you know before. But you know, I always say this to my people. In Christianity, repetition is what? Is safety. Praise God. So go with me to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. Now, I'll, I'll read from the New American Standard Bible. It says, With all prayer, and petition. Pray at all times. I want you to observe the word all prayer. And some translation uses the word all kinds of prayer. Okay. 
and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. So I needed to observe something here. With all prayer and petition, pray at how many times? All times. How will you be able to accomplish this? In the Spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. So I want you to observe the word perseverance right there. Okay? Observe the word perseverance. So I want to take note of a couple of words. All prayer, all petition, pray at all times, in the spirit, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. So let's take this scripture now. Let's take the words. Now, please, you need to follow me carefully. Okay, watch this. This is good. Let's take the words that has all in front. Let's take the word that has all in front and pull them apart. So we have all prayer and petition. Because the word and, prayer and petition there, puts it together as one sentence. Okay? So we have all prayer and petition. Okay? Then we have all times. Then we have all perseverance. Then we have all the saints. So we have all prayer and petition, all times, all perseverance, and all the saints. Okay. Now just note that because we're going to come back to that, especially the issue of perseverance. Because when you start praying for your loved ones, one of the things that the enemy will be big on is making sure that you are worn out. <laughs> so, we cannot talk about praying for our loved ones to walk in the plan of God and be people who easily give up. I'll just put that right there. If you're going to be an intercessor, to stand in the gap for your loved ones, you cannot be somebody who easily gives up. There has to be perseverance in the place of prayer. If you listen carefully, we're focusing on Praying out the plan of God so they can walk in the plan of God for their life. So they can fulfill the purpose of God, why God created them. So we're not just talking about any kind of prayer. We're not just saying, oh God, protect them. Oh God, don't let them die. We're saying, listen God, there is a plan. You've got a plan for this person. You've got a plan for this man. You've got a plan for this woman. And we will stand in the gap to make sure by the Spirit of God that God helps them to get into the plan of God for their lives. Now, this subject is very uh, touching to me because the fact that I'm teaching you right now, the fact that you're listening to me right now, was because my parents, especially my mom, stood in the gap for me during my teenage years to stay and walk in the plan of God. I didn't want to be a preacher, praise God. Already grown up in a preacher's home and in my mind I've seen enough of church and preaching and I didn't want to get involved in that. I wanted to do something else with my life. But that was not God's plan. That was not the master plan of God for my life. And I remember some nights I'll get up literally and my mom's hand will be on my head and she's just praying in the spirit and praying out and praying me into the plan of God. Now, I, I want to I say this, and, and I, I think it's important we start from this so people don't miss it. miss it. This is not praying your desire for someone. Is that okay? So, 
I can't say I desire this person to be this way and I start trying to pray them into that. It's not praying your plan for their lives. It is praying out God's plan for their life. That's why it's important to spend a lot of time praying in the spirit for your loved ones, um, praying the word and in the spirit for your loved ones so you're not trying to uh, pray your desire into their hearts or into their life. That's witchcraft, that's manipulation. You shouldn't get involved in that. The Word of God already gives us what to pray and I'm going to show you that today. So, the NIV says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Now, observe what the NIV says, with all kinds of prayers and requests. Okay? Pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With these in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So it talks about perseverance. It talks about all kinds of prayers. And it talks about praying for the Lord's people. To keep on praying for the Lord's people. So in fact, in the last couple of, in the last one month, the Lord has really been strengthening my heart about prayer. And, and, and I think for me, it's, it's the Lord just rebuking me about not praying enough. Not praying enough. And the more I spend time meditating on the subject of prayer and studying these things out and looking into the role of prayer and what prayer can accomplish. Uh, next Wednesday, we're talking about uh, praying out the plan of God for your nation. I realize that there's so much more we can accomplish in prayer if we understand the power of prayer and how prayer goes to strengthen and do and accomplish the work of God on the earth. Praise God. Remember what John Wesley said. It's as if God will do nothing on the earth except a man ask him. And, and remember what we dealt with. That kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, when we're praying for our loved ones, we're praying that the will of God for their lives, that is already established in the heavens, is manifested on the earth and they leave it out. We don't want people who are living what they think is good. We want everyone in the center of God's will. And I say this, the more the people around you are walking in the will of God for their lives, the better for you. I mean, you don't want people walking in disobedience, hanging around you. No. Praise God. A thousand times no. You want everyone around you fulfilling the purpose and the plan of God for their lives. Glory to God. Now, the NLT says... Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So, when it talks about prayer, it talks to us about being persistent. And I think that's very important because many people give up easily in the place of intercession. Many people give up easily in the place of intercession. And this shouldn't be. You cannot be an intercessor and be somebody who quits. <laughs> Praise God. You cannot be an intercessor and be somebody who quits. One of the characteristics that set about intercessors is what is persistence. Is the ability to keep on. You know, it's like, I can't remember the film, but I watched the film um, many years ago. And uh, I think it has to do with negotiation or negotiating or something. There's a guy who, whose baby had an issue and, um, and you know, he didn't have money so he 
uh, kidnap a boss or something and he wanted to, the gov- to get the government's attention and all that. You know, when the police people came in, they were just like, you know, let that guy go. We're going to shoot you. We're going to do this. We're going to... And it was all force and brute force. And then they had to hire a mediator, a negotiator, someone who was skillful in the art of negotiating. And you know how some of these films are. The whole film spanned days upon days, night, morning, evening. And the thing that stood out for me is the patience, number one, and the persistence of the negotiator. I mean, there were times in that movie I felt like, you know what, just kill the guy. I'm sure he's going to kill some people, but at least let five people just die and we'll all be good. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, but the negotiator had what? Persistence and patience. Because there is an aim. And that aim was to make sure that the man is okay, nobody gets hurt, and the problem is solved. And sometimes we need to come, we, we need to come with that patience in the place of prayer as we pray for our loved ones. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, the New Living Translation says, Pray in the Spirit at all times. And on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Praise God. Now, go to Isaiah chapter 59 verse 16. Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 16. It's talking about an intercessor. Uh, It says, And he saw that there was no man and was astonished that there was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought salvation to him and his righteousness upheld him. Let's go to Ezekiel. Praise God. Turn your Bibles with me to Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30. Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30. And this is, this is important. You need to just make sure you're paying attention. Follow the scripture. Take notes. Amen. Praise God. Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30. Oh, thank you Lord Jesus. And I searched for a man among them who will build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I will not destroy it, but I found no one. So, what you find about the role or the ministry of an intercessor there is that they stand in the gap. They build up the wall. They prevent certain things from coming into the lives of their loved ones or they prevent certain things from entering into the life of their loved ones. And this is very important. We all have that role to stay in the gap, to stay in the place of intercession for our loved ones. Praise God. Okay, now, there's a very interesting story in First Samuel chapter 7, verse 13 that I like, about Samuel and the Philistines and Israel. Now, we're going to deal more with this next week when we talk about standing in the gap for your nation. But it says, so the Philistines, First Samuel seven thirteen, First Samuel seven thirteen. So the Philistines were subdued, and they stopped invading Israel's territory. Throughout Samuel's lifetime, the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. First Samuel chapter seven and verse thirteen. So you find out that because Samuel stood in his place as a prophet over the land, the Bible says as long as Samuel lived, the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. Now, 
I, I want you, I want you to see this, and I need you to see this very clearly because, especially with families where, praise God, maybe you're the only one that's a believer, and 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 the whole of your brothers are not believers or they are not walking in the light of God's word. I see something which is, I'll call it an abomination, and this is it. The one who is the believer is almost in fear of everyone who is not the believer. The, the, you, it's like you're the one who knows God's will. You're walking in the light of God's word. And it's like everybody, they don't know what's going on. Uh, they, they're walking their own way, stubborn, yielding to the devil and allowing the devil just use them. And you look like the, the minority there. You, you look like the victim. You allow their words their lifestyle to push you back. And even when you're standing in the place of prayer for them, you're not standing in the place of authority. You're, you're standing almost as a victim. Listen to me, saints of God. Listen to me, child of God. If you're the one that's born again in that house, you're the king. You're the one that governs. You rule. Glory to God. You're not the victim. You're not the one who needs help. You're not. A thousand times, no. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. You don't have to live like, you know what? Oh, my brothers, oh no, they don't, uh, they don't go to church. They don't, they don't, uh, follow the word. They, they, they misbehave. And so, you know, no, no, that's the devil walking through them. And you shouldn't run away from the devil. What I mean by that is, in your mind, don't look like the minority. They might even be wealthier than you. They might be older than you. But you have the light of God's word. Glory to God. The Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you. You're ten times bigger on the inside. Through prayer, you can accomplish mighty things. So the first thing is, you need to remove that, that mindset. Especially if your loved ones are not born again. You don't have to live like the one who needs help. You might not be as rich as them. You might not have as much money as, as they are. You might not be as old as them. But you are the one with the light of the gospel of Jesus. And that's what they need. Glory to God. That's the light. You know, light is what brings development. Light is what brings progress. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, go with me to James chapter 5 verse 16. Now, I want you to observe this, and I don't want you to miss this point. You realize that in First Samuel chapter seven, verse thirteen, we talked about how by Samuel's uh, lifestyle and intercession. You remember when Samuel said, "May it be sin for me if I don't pray for you." So we know that Samuel was a man who prayed constantly for the children of Israel, for the nation of Israel. And I'm going to deal with that extensively next week. Please make sure you're, you're, you're getting the messages on how to pray out the plan of God for our nation. Okay? So, um, you, but I wanted to pick the fact that through one man's intercession, there were certain things that happened on the earth physically because a man was standing in the gap. And that's very key. Alright? Now, we must learn to assume responsibility for occurrences. And, I, and, and that, that might be a strong statement, but it's the truth. There are certain things that we need to be able to say, listen, this thing is not coming around me. Why? Because I'm a man of prayer. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. And I'm not talking about being a pastor. The fact that you're God's child, we need to stop letting the devil run the tracks. We need to stop letting the enemy run the show. No, we are God's children. We need to wield our authority. We need to exercise our authority, praise God. And 
put the devil on the run. We shouldn't be the ones running from the devil. The devil should be the one running from us. Why? Because all power that is given to Jesus, that is invested in the name of Jesus, we now have the right to use the name of Jesus. And Satan will flee. Glory to God. Alright. So, come with me to James chapter 5 and verse 16. Praise God. Are you still here? James 5, 16. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you might be healed. Now, I like what the New American Standard Bible says. The effective, oh, glory to God, prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Oh, oh, glory to God. I love that translation. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish more. And, you know, this is just amazing. It means that if I am praying, through prayer, I can accomplish much. Through prayer, you know, let me read the Amplified Version. It says, the earnest, heartfelt, continued. Remember persistence? Remember persistence? I remember uh, the Bible was talking about Elijah in, in James. He was giving us that example that he was a man like us. He had a nature like us. That means he felt tired. He, he, sometimes he didn't want to pray. Okay? But the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man, <clears throat> glory to God, makes tremendous power available Dynamic in its working. Hallelujah. The heartfelt. And I like the word heartfelt. You know, there is a burden for your family that nobody else can carry. When you are related to people, there is a burden in your heart. There is a connection in your heart. And you need to take advantage of that connection and make it an intercession connection. For instance, God says, if a, if a mother will not forget a suckling child, I will not forget you. And I tell you something, you know what? If you're a man, you don't have an idea what that scripture means. Just put it that way. Don't try to explain it. Why? Because you've never had the experience of being a mother who breastfeeds a child. There is such a connection between the mother who breastfeeds a child... That for instance, if a child is crying in another room, somehow the mother picks up the signal. You know, some men can withstand their children cry. Children will just cry. Don't worry, he's going to be fine. Some mothers, the mother child cries. There is something in them. There is a connection in them. Because this child was in the womb for nine months. And, I mean, there is a connection that the mother has to the child that the father doesn't have. I mean, we, we've got to be honest about that. It's the same thing with your family. There is already a connection there. There is, a, there is God putting you in that family there, right there. So there is a connection. And nobody can really share that burden as much as you can. Now, instead of sharing that burden and getting into anxiety and worry, you convert that burden into intercession. It makes, it makes your prayer heartfelt. Your prayer is coming for the, from the, um, um, how will I put it now? The inner resource. Of your heart, your innermost being. It's like when a mother is praying for the child, 
It's like when, when, when Isaac say, get me a venison so that my soul will eat and my soul will bless you. It's like, I can speak the blessing over your life, but I want you to connect to something deeper on my inside. So from there, I can speak words. This will not just be mental calculations. This will be words that carry a depth from the ins- inside of me. And it's the same thing when you begin to intercede for your loved ones. There is a passion in your heart. There is a burden in your heart that only you can have that dimension of burden because of the connection that you have with your family and with your loved ones. So, the Bible says that the effective prayer of the heartfelt continued, which is persistent that we talked about in Ephesians 6.18, uh, and, and what I'm teaching you is not a one-off. It's, it's not a one-off formula. It's not a apply, apply today and I get the result tomorrow. No, this is a lifestyle because we're talking about interceding for your loved ones so that they'll be in the plan of God, so that they'll be in the will of God, so that they would live out the plan of God for their life. It says, the earnest continued prayer of a righteous man will make tremendous power available. The New American Standard Version says it's, it makes much power. It accomplishes much. It can accomplish much. So it can do so much. Hallelujah. The NX heartfelt continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. So it's not static. It's dynamic. So the way uh, the prayers will be answered in the life of your one of your brothers might not be the way the prayers will be answered in the life of your mother or your father. It's dynamic. But I like what one of my mentors used to say. He says, the word of God is intelligent. What it means is it has its own intelligence. It's been programmed. It knows what to do. Glory to God. You see, when you start praying for your family, God knows what to do. God knows how to get the things sorted. You see, but the challenge is somehow, sometimes in our mind, we already have the plan. We think this is the way God should do it. No. You do the praying. Let God do the answering. Don't pray and answer at the same time. And don't get into the flesh with this thing. Don't, don't get into the flesh. Pray. Spend time to pray. Like I said before and I'll say it again. I'm here preaching today because someone stood on the gap for me. So we, when we stand in the gap for people, we must let go the anxiety and the fret which... Uh, impacts on our confessions on our expectations we pray and we allow and we confess that the word is working and is bringing its desired results hallelujah okay now i i, I want to say this it's been coming up in my spirit I'm, I, I was looking at where it will fit in the message but i, I just want to say um as our kids are growing up one of the things we thought our children to pray all the time, to say all the time. And, and they end their prayers with that, or they start their prayers with that. Somewhere in between their prayers, you would always hear my children say, Father, we thank you. Because we are living out. Or I think right now they pray, Father, we thank you because we know the reason and the purpose for which you created us and we're walking in it. We, we, we very early in life, made our children conscious of the prayer of purpose. Now, you know, I'm a minister of the gospel and I remain 
a minister of the gospel till my last day on the earth. But if, if, if my children preach the gospel as pastors tomorrow, I will be excited. If they don't preach the gospel, they do something else, I will be excited. You know why? I always pray that they walk in the will of God for their lives. So, sometimes you hear some pastors say, Oh, I wish my child can take over from me. That's your will. You don't pray that into the children's life. That's manipulation. You have to allow God, lead them, and God direct them. And, and like I said, in the interview I did with my dad, uh, I did on my dad some, some few, few days ago, my dad prayed for us. And we're five siblings. I'm the only one preaching, actually. And, and, and preaching in terms of a fivefold minister and a pastor. My other siblings are doing something else, media arts, with their lives. Now, when we talk about a pastor, like I said, it's been coming up in my spirit, and I feel the Holy Ghost just wants me to use it as an illustration. When it comes up in the household of a pastor, it's a bit easy to relate. Okay, so, yeah, the pastor wants his child to be a pastor. It can happen to you also. You're a medical doctor, and you want one of your child to become a doctor, and to took over your hospital. That might be your plan. It might not be God's plan. And so, if you go to the place of prayer with that image in your heart, you know, and for instance, you're praying for the intelligence of the child. Oh God, let this child be brilliant. Oh God, let this child be bright. Oh God, this child will not be dull. And while you are praying that, the image you have in your heart is medicine, 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 so he can take over my hospital. You're not praying out God's plan. You are rather infusing your plan into their life. And you need to be careful because the spirit realm is very tricky. You can generate enough thoughts. Listen carefully to this. Listen, and you need to hear this. I believe somebody needs to hear this right now. You can generate enough thoughts in your heart and begin to force that in, in, into the child's life and you will begin to cause... You know, if, if they're not working in God's plan for your life, you can be sure that the devil will help them fulfill whatever it's a dream of your heart and so that they walk out of the plan of God for their lives. We're not talking about all kinds of prayer here. We're talking about helping people to stay in the center of God's will. You're not the only one that should be in the center of God's will. Your family should be in the center of God's will. Your children should be in the center of God's will. Your wife should be in the center of God's will. Your father, your mother should be in the center of God's will. And if we have our families not working in the center of God's will, that's enough job for us already. We're going to go there. That's enough prayer for us already. You know, I, I, I was just thinking about, and I'm feeling like, there's so much to pray about. So much. So much things to pray about. So much things we need to birth, my favorite word, in the place of prayers. Our ministries need to be birthed. The plans of God for our lives. We need to take authority over our resistance. We need to pray so that our loved ones are yielded to the plan of God and to the purpose of God. Hallelujah. Come on, I said hallelujah. Now, this just came up in my spirit again. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You remember Absalom? Absalom was not designed to be king. Solomon was the one designed to be king. And Absalom rose up and decided and desired to be king. And, you know, he caused a rebellion against his father David. And and his father had to let the army go after him because he was almost plotting a, a palace coup. And he was dead. It grieved David. It pained David. It hurt David. And, and, and I feel like saying, listen, when those, when I, there, there's nothing that will hurt us like our loved ones not walking in the plan of God for their lives. 
There's, especially if you have unbelieving uh, family. It's tough. And I can understand that. It's tough because you look at your loved ones and you say, this is the light. This is what you should do. But they can't say it. You know, it's, it's almost grievous. It pains you. It's like Absalom. You are royalty already. You don't need to be king of Israel to be relevant. You're the king's son. You are royalty. You are blessed. There is provision for you. That's not the plan. The plan is that Solomon would be king. That's God's desire. But he says, no, I want to be king. It led to his death. Many people walk out of the plan of God for their life and they walk into premature death. And you know what? When they die, because you're living in disobedience, not because God killed them, they walked out of that covenant, walked into the hands of the enemy and played into the hands of the enemy. You know who gets blamed? God. God gets blamed. Praise God. So, let's go to Ephesians. uh, Come with me. So, Ephesians chapter 4. Praise God. No, Colossians. This should be Colossians. Go to Colossians chapter 4. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord Jesus. Colossians chapter 4 verse 12. Did you get that? The Holy Ghost wanted me to use some of those illustrations and I pray that it's ministering to you. Thank you, Lord. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 12. Now pay attention here because this is one of the foundations of what we're teaching here. A paraphrase... One who is of your number, that's one one of you, a bond slave of Jesus Christ, sends you his greetings. Now look at what a papa was doing. Always observe that word always again. You remember we've been picking on this on the on this thing about consistency, to pray continually, to pray persistently. And I see this right. I think one of the greatest things we need to desire in this day and in this age is the heart to pray consistently. Interestingly, there are two powerful habits that will build a believer. It's the habit of meditation, studying and the reading of God's word and the confessing of God's word and the habit of prayer. And you know what? If there is any habit believers struggle with, to be consistent with, it is reading the word of God and praying. I mean, they would read books. They will read Facebook status. They will listen to messages. They will read anything. But when it's reading the Bible, oh man, it's an uphill task. And for some, once they hear the word, praise, like, oh, give me something else to do. <laughs> the rather, and, and let me say this right here, right? And this is very important. Some of us would rather do anything for our family but pray. And you're not helping. I know you're the good man of the family. Everybody loves you. You're the one who sends money. You're the one who is paying school fees. You're the one who is sending food. (laughs) But I'll tell you something. Those things are on the earthly realm. You need to help your family spiritually. And that's where the burden is. And that's where the burden is. Praise God. And for some of you, you need to list out the names of your brothers and your sisters. And, and say, Lord, you know what? For the next 90 days, for the next one year, for the next two years, I'm going to lift up these people daily and pray for them. And when I start discipling people, uh, mentoring people and helping them to get their spiritual life together, I always 
tell them to separate a day where they pray for their family. In that way, they know that every week, prayers are being offered for their family. You need to do that. It needs to be consistent. You can't pull away from it. Because people can be walking in the plan of God for their lives today and tomorrow they walk out of the plan of God. So you've got to be consistent with that now. Praise God. Now, uh, Epaphras, who is one of you, a born slave of Jesus Christ, sends you his greeting. Always laboring earnestly for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and fully assured in all the will of God. Uh, Epaphras is one of my favorite Bible characters. He, he, he did something for the church that, you know what, a lot of people will not do today. He's praying for people to stand perfect in the will of God. Now, I, I, I wanted to show you something here now. Uh, let, me, let me go back a bit, alright? Let me come back a bit. We'll come back to Ephesians, uh, Colossians chapter 4. Let me come back a bit. Something about your family. If you go to Psalm 68 verse 6, the Bible says he sets the solitary in families. He sets the solitary in families. And if you go to Acts chapter 17 and verse 26, he says he made from one blood all men. So I, I, I want you to write these scriptures down. I was supposed to give them to you earlier, but I want you to write them down to understand that even though you don't like the family that you're coming from right now, God sets you there. <laughs> Praise God. And God, God trusts you. God trusts you. God believes in you. And for some of us, we've made our choices. We've made the choices of the husbands and the wife we're going to marry. You're there. You're set there already. That's a family. Don't take your family. Now, I, I, I understand sometimes people get overly concerned in the natural about family and they hold hooked up. And they, sometimes some families can't even allow you to fulfill God's plan for your life. They also need prayers. <laughs> Praise God. But what I'm saying right here is understand that there's this connection that you have with your family that is spiritual, that is set up by God. And you want to use that in the right frequency, in the right space, in the right uh, in the, in, in the right framework now. I think that's the word. You want to use that in the right framework. I'm connected to these people by blood naturally. I'm going to you know, take advantage of that and be an intercessor and pray. Praise the name of the Lord. So I'll say this again and I'll repeat it. You need to set a, a time apart where you specifically pray for your family. You can set a day apart and, and you can specifically begin to pray for them as I'm going to show you setting basic scriptures to use. But take it up. Because in praying for our loved ones, we are doing the work of God. In praying for our loved ones, we are collaborating with God so they can fulfill purpose. In praying for our loved ones, we are partnering with God to build them up so they can, uh, so they can fulfill the purpose and the reason for which God gave them. And I pray in the name of Jesus that this message will just go all over the world and help families in Jesus' name, to come into the perfect plan of God for their lives. And just help families to come into the perfect plan of God for their lives. To have husbands, wives, children, fathers, mothers. There's so much disorganization, walking out of the will of God for people's lives. People just taking their life and making natural decisions. I want to go here. I want to be this. I want to do this. And I said, listen, you cannot be whatever you want to be. If you are a child of God, you have been redeemed to be what God wants you to be. You can't just have dreams for your life. It's good to dream. 
But the dreams must be consistent with the plan of God for your life. In Jeremiah, God said to Jeremiah, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, what happened? I knew you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah could have been anything else. But in God's master plan, he was designed to be a prophet of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I had my plans. I had the things I wanted to do. But in God's master plan, I was was born to do what I'm doing right now. I was separated from my mother's womb to do what I was doing right now. Even though I wasn't living the life until, you know, I got born again and began to learn the things of the Spirit. And even right now, I can tell you, I'm still praying. Why? Because this is a big plan. This plan is going to take years to fulfill. I need to constantly be in the center of God's will for my life. Praise God. So Colossians 4.12, Epaphras, glory to God, come with me quickly, who is one of your number, a bond slave of Jesus Christ, sends you his greetings, always laboring earnestly for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and fully assured in all the will of God. Now, three words stand out for me there. The, the first word is laboring. Laboring. Always laboring. So if we need to pray for our loved ones to be in the plan of God for their lives, it is labor. It's not a cheap thing. It's not a, oh God, Father, thank you for James. I know he's working in the plan of God for his life. Jesus, I thank you for, for Cynthia. Oh, she's in the plan of God for her life. Father, I thank you for my mother. No, that's not, that, you, <laughs> are you joking? This is labor. You know why? Their will is concerned. You know you can desire that people will walk in God's plan for their life and they are doing everything in this world not to be in that plan. So, we are praying that by the Spirit of God and by the Holy Ghost, God will begin to notch that plan into their heart. So, we are laboring for them to be yielded. And you know why it's difficult? Because I want to even ask you, are you walking in the plan of God for your life? You realize that sometimes we're not even walking in God's plan for our life. Not to talk of praying that our loved ones will walk in the plan of God for their lives. We're not yielded to that plan. Praise God. Praise God. So, so the, 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 the Greek word laboring is agonizomaya. Agonizomaya. A-G-O-N-I-Z-O-M-A-I. It means struggle. It means to compete for a prize. And I like this. I I like this. It's like to contend with an adversary. It's like you are contending with an adversary to pull them into the plan of God. It's to labor. It's to strive. It's to be fervent. The same thing. To be fervent. To strive. It's, it's, it's like he's, he's, he's struggling in prayers that you will get into the will of God. He is Contending with an adversary in prayers for you to get. It's almost like when you are in a competition to win a prize. There is a goal. So you labor. That's the sense. That's the Greek sense of that word labor. I want this man to get into the plan of God for his life. And this is not a small issue. This is a, this is a prize. This is something I should strive. It's almost like a fight. Praise God. And that's how deep this is. That's how serious this is. Glory to God. Now, the word is used uh, six times, or seven in the, in the New Testament. I'll just read them out quickly. The word agonizomaya, that's to, to labor. Luke 13, 24. Strive to enter at the straight gates. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. That's the word strive there. It's labor. Labor to enter. John eighteen thirty six. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. Would my servants strive. Would my servants labor. 
that I should not be delivered to the Jews. So you see the picture here. Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were to be of this world, my disciples would not allow me to be delivered to the Jews. That means they will fight for me not to be delivered. They will strive that I will not be delivered. They will go laboriously preventing me from being delivered. Come on, are you, are you, are you with me? Pay attention to this now. They would try to stop my arrest. And, and that's what Epaphras was doing for the church. He was, he was laboring, contending that these people will be delivered into the will of God. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. First Corinthians 9.25 And every man that striveth, the word striveth there is the Greek word agonizomaya. Everyone that striveth for mastery is temperate in all things. Okay. Colossians 1.29 Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working. The same word there. Colossians 4.12 First Timothy 6.12 Fight the good fight of faith. The word fight there is labor, strife, contend. Praise God. Second Timothy 4.7 I have fought. I go to Zemaya. I have fought. I have labored. I have contended for a good fight. I have finished my cause and I have kept the faith. The word I have fought there. The word fought there is the same word labor. So we understand that when we come before the Lord... Glory to God. When we come before the Lord and we're praying for our, our loved ones, it's not a casual prayer. We're not sprinkling casual prayers on their life. We are contending that they walk in the puzzle of, the, the puzzle of life. They find themselves in the will of God. They're not distracted. They're not walking outside of the will of God. And, and we're pushing that battle. We're pushing that, that, that into their spirit by asking the Lord to intervene in their life. We're not praying our will. We're not forcing our will on them. We are praying the word to come to pass in their life. And this is big. Glory to God. So we've looked at the word labor. Let's look at the word perfect. Okay? Perfect. See that it may stand perfect. The word perfect is telos. It means to be complete. It's almost like maturity, full growth. Uh, 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 to be like a perfect man. And the reason is because we want... Praise God. The reason is because we, we want them to come into this full maturity to walk in the will of God. It takes a man who is matured to walk in God's will. An immature man cannot walk in God's will. No. <laughs> I'll tell you. Sometimes, whoo, I'll tell you, the will of God, we all have to pray. I mean, I mean, forgetting our loved ones, we all have to just be on our knees every day praying, Oh God, I want to be in your will and I want to do your will and I want to walk in your will for my life. Praise God. Praise God. So, glory to God. So it's important for us to stay in that place of intercession. Okay? Stay in that place of intercession. I remember Brother Hagen sharing the story of his brother Dob, his elder brother Dob, how uh, he was born again before his elder brother and he had to pray for, for some years for his brother to come into the knowledge of God's will and God began to show him particular scriptures to pray for that brother. He stood in the place of intercession. Okay? And I've heard stories upon stories of children caught up in drugs and, and you know, the, the parents have to wrestle in the will of God to pray that they come into the will of God. And even if you have children who are born again, who are living the life that God has ordained for them, you constantly speak God's word and pray over them that they walk in the will of God for their lives. Alright, so, we've looked at the word perfect, which is telos, then we look at the word will, which is telema. Telema means an inclination. So it's like you pray that they walk in the inclination or the desire or the determination of the purpose of God for their life. So there is, there is a desire, there is a determination 
of God for their lives. Praise God. There is something that God wants your loved ones to do, to be involved in on the earth. And, 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 and that's the will of God, the thelema of God. And we want them to get into it. We want them to get into the pleasure of God. The word thelema also means pleasure, means will, it means desire, it means determination, it means choice. There is a choice for them. God has chosen something for them before the foundation of the world. What I'm doing right now, it's what God has chosen for me. You see, that's why sometimes, you know, <laughs> I was looking at, I'm writing a book right now for, for pastors called Overcoming Discouragement in Ministry. I'm spending some time just writing that book to be of a blessing to pastors. And, and one of the scriptures I'm looking at is Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, oh God, you have deceived me. You know, and he said, you know what? I'm not going to preach again. I'm not going to prophesy again. He says, but I could not because his word was like fire shut up in my bones. You know why he couldn't stop preaching? He was born to do that. That was his assignment. You know, it's the same thing. Sometimes you get discouraged in ministry. And say, I'm not going to do it again. I'm not. And you, you get up the next morning and you're the first one running to your Bible and saying, oh God, what do you have for the people? You're excited. What, what's happening? You were born for this purpose. It can happen to you in business, happen to you with educational sector. There is something in you that's just passionate about education. And meanwhile, your, your, your father said you should go and be a pharmacist. But you just like the chalkboard. You just like teaching children. That's God's will for your life. I mean, I pray that you have someone in your life praying that you, be, you take the courage to step into the purposes of God for your life and step into the plan of God for your life. Praise the name of the Lord. And I want to say this. You know, sometimes what prevents us from getting into this will is because of what the world defines as success. So, averagely, what are we praying for our people? Oh God, give them money. Oh God, give them job. Oh God, give them this. We're praying all of the things, but not the fact that it should be walking out the plan of God for their life. Because in our mind, we just want let our family be successful. Let's not be laughed at. Oh God, give them big money. Oh God, you know, and all of that. Praise God. Okay. And you know... Uh, Parents are always praying, oh God, give my husband, give my child a good husband. Give, you know, there are so many things we pray, which is good, and we labor over those things. But tonight we're specifically talking about praying out the plan of God for your loved ones. And sometimes you have to extensively focus on your loved ones and pray in the Spirit for a long time to birth them into the purposes of God. I believe this strongly and I'll tell you this. I believe strongly that there's nothing like having someone pray for you. Even Paul says pray for us. That the word of God may have free course. What is he saying? It, it is God's will for me to, pray, to preach, right? It's God's will for me to preach, right? But then Paul says pray for me that I'll be granted utterance. Pray for me that a door will be opened. Pray for me Glory to God. Uh, let, let's go here, man. Come on. Come with me to Philippians. Oh, come on. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Go with me to Philippians chapter 1. Let me show you something that just came up in my spirit now. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Now, if you go to Philippians chapter 1, go to verse 19. This just came up very strong in my spirit. Not part of my notes. But he's in the notes of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Are you there? Now, come with me now. Come with me. Come with me to Philippians chapter 1. And let's look at verse 4 to 5 first. Or verse 3. It says, I thank my God in, all, in my remembrance of you. Always offering prayer with you. Always offering prayer with joy. In my every prayer for you all. 
in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. So you realize that Paul says, when I remember you, I thank the Lord and I pray for you. Now go to verse 19. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus. Can you, can you see what Paul is saying? He starts out in Philippians 1 saying, I thank my God, I'm praying for you. You are my partners. We're together in this thing. There's a connection. And what was the, what was the connection right here? This was a connection of a loved one. What was that connection? Not biological loved ones. This was a connection of people who were the partners of Paul. Praise God. And we, we, my family particularly, we partner with certain ministries. And whenever I'm watching the broadcast of that ministry and the man of God is praying, I lift my hands and I say, Amen. Why? I'm a partner. There is a connection. There is a participation. We're partakers of the same grace. Glory to God. Now, he says, I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers. So Paul says, listen, there's going to be a supply of the Spirit and this thing is going to turn out because you're praying. Glory to God. That means, thank you Lord Jesus, we can cause people to be delivered by our prayers. Man, our prayers are powerful. They can, (laughs) glory to God, the prayers of the church released the angels of God. They went to meet uh, Peter in prison, broke the chains, opened the city gates, and set Peter free. What happened? There was a connection. Peter was the apostle over the church. And that's why churches should be praying for their pastors. You know, you have people in churches who will say everything about the pastor, gossip about the pastor, say what the pastor isn't doing right. And I tell many people, if you were that good, God would have called you, but he didn't. (laughs) Glory to God. He did me, and I'm glad about it. You know, God didn't call me because I was perfect. He called me because I was part of his plan. And in his plan, I get perfected daily glory to God. But you find out that a lot of people will talk about what pastors end up doing right. But I ask them, how many times do you go on your knees and pray for your pastor? I mean, uh, this might be a detour, but it's a good detour, alright? If your pastor were to be caught in jail today, do we have enough prayer power to set him free without going to look for a politician? I mean, I tell you, if some pastors were caught in jail for preaching the gospel, their churches will not be able to generate enough prayer for in, in, angelic intervention. I tell you, the, the man might likely die in jail. <laughs> because people are going to find out, what did he do wrong that he went to jail? Maybe he sinned, maybe he stole the tithes, maybe we're giving him too much money. Well, praise God. Go with me to... Uh, so, they prayed for Paul, and Paul says, your prayer is going to cause this thing to turn out for my deliverance. What are the things to pray? What are the things to pray? Now, let me, let, me, let me give you this scripture. Go to Psalm 139, verse 8 first. Let me show you something there. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on. Tell yourself, I'm going to be an intercessor. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for my pastor. I'm going to pray for my family. I'm going to cause the power of God to be released on their behalf. I'm going to make much power available, glory to God, for their deliverance. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Psalm 139, praise God. I want to show you something there for your, your, your loved ones that are not born again. Even if they are in the inside of hell, the Lord can get them. <laughs> now, I, the Lord showed me this while I was uh, coming this evening. Verse 7. 
Psalm 139 verse 7. Where, uh, how will I do this now? Can we read from verse 9? Okay, let's read from verse 9. We'll spend some extra minutes, but it's good minutes in the Word. Just stay there until I'm done. We, we only close when I'm finished, praise God. Alright, Psalm 139, verse 1. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me, praise God. You know when I sit down, when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down. And are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I cannot attain to it. Verse 7. And I want you to pick this. Because when you're paying for your loved ones that are not born again, see from the life of David, God knows when they sit down. God knows when they rise up. God knows the thought from afar. You don't know all of these things. God can scrutinize their path. Glory to God. God's hand can be upon them. Verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell or soul, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, and if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, and your right hand will lay hold on me. Glory to God. Listen, it doesn't matter how bad that boy is. It doesn't matter how bad that your husband is. God can get a hold of him in the club. Even if he goes, even if he makes up, <laughs> if he gets to hell, he, the presence of God can lay hold of him. You know, the Lord just gave me this scripture when I was coming. I never connected it, but the Lord just gave it to me in my heart and said, you know what? Just tell them that it doesn't matter where their loved ones are, especially for those who are not born again. I can go right there and snatch them if they'll stay in the place of prayer. And I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you, you know, you get a hold of this message and get excited and pray tomorrow. And then your brother turns out like, ooh. You know what, pastor? I prayed. Nothing is happening. Are you going to stay in the place of prayer or not? Are you going to be persistent or not? Are you going to walk in faith or not? Are you going to labor or not? So I'm not talking of five minutes, do it God prayer, and you go about watching movies and doing all kinds of stuff. This should be a burden in your heart. It should be a project in your heart. It should be something that you're persistent about. Glory to God. Come on, we need to finish this tonight, okay? So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Things to pray. The first thing is, if your uh, loved ones are not born again, you need to pray for them for salvation. So go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you blessed tonight? Glory, glory, glory to God. Are you learning something? Thank you, Lord Jesus. I mean, God is good. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. So you take this scripture. Write the scriptures down. Take the scripture. Verse 3 says, Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in, who, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. It's good to give your loved ones money. It's good to give them clothes. It's good to pay their school fees. It's good to do all the good things you're doing. But the most important thing you should have as a burden in your life for your loved ones is that they should come to the knowledge of the saving gospel of Jesus. That should be priority. That should be priority in your life. 
And so you pray the scripture and say, Father, take out. Let the God of this world have blinded their eyes that the light of the gospel will not shine. I take authority over that in the name of Jesus. And you stay on this prayer point until they find salvation. Okay? Now, if you go to First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, it says, I urge that then first of all, the petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving will be made for all people. For all people. This includes your loved ones. For kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Verse 3, this is good and pleases God our Savior. Look at verse 4. Who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So, what you need to pray, first of all, for your loved ones, is that they would find salvation. And that's the first thing you need to pray for your children. That's the first thing. It's good to send them to all the beautiful schools in the world and lay a foundation of investment and money for them. But the first thing you want to pray is that the God of this world will take their hands off them. Because for me, when I got born again, and I remember, night, well, I, I was raised in a pastor's home, so I went to the altar many times, <laughs> you know, but I consciously got born again in 1999, um, at about um, August, thereabout. You know, when I consciously got born again, it, the, the desire to begin to seek the will of God for my life came. So nothing could, that desire wasn't there until I got born again and I was conscious about accepting the Lord Jesus Christ. And I accepted the Lord Jesus on my own in an empty church, in my dad's church, empty church. No one was there. I knew I wanted to consciously make Jesus the Lord of my life. And I said the prayer and, and, and I felt the, 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 the Holy Ghost, you know, uh, assured me of my salvation. And that was it. So the first thing we want to pray is that they are born again. You cannot love your family more and not offer them salvation. And sometimes, you might not, you need to share materials with them. As you send them money, send them scriptures. As you send, as you, get them hooked up on the broadcast. When they come to your house to spend holidays, get them materials, get them books. Push the gospel. Alright, send the gospel to them. Now, certain cases, it might be a bit difficult. Maybe they are your elder brothers, they won't listen to you. You need to now pray Matthew 9.38. Pray ye the Lord of harvest, that he will send laborers into the field. So, you have this brother who is not listening to you, is not getting anything from you. You know what you pray? Father, I lift up my brother into your hands in the name of Jesus. I'm praying the Lord of the harvest, Jesus. You are the Lord of the harvest. Send laborers to him so the gospel can shine. And Satan, when the laborers come, I take authority over you. The God of this world, you will not blind your hearts to the gospel. So, you pray that laborers be sent to your loved ones. So the first prayer we are praying for our loved ones is the prayer of salvation. Then number two, you are praying that the light of God's word will shine in their hearts. If they are born again, if your loved ones are born again, so if they are not born again, you take 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4, you take second, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 to 4, you, uh, verse 1 to 4, you take Matthew chapter 9 verse 38. Those are the three scriptures you can use to pray for your siblings, your parents, your loved ones who are not born again. Now if they are born again, you have to now pray Ephesians chapter 1 for them. Verse 18. And why am I giving you these scriptures? So you're not praying your will. Okay? You can, you can call their names and pray in the spirit and pray the scripture, read the scripture, pray the scripture, confess the scripture over their lives because you're not praying your will, you're praying God's will. Okay? So Ephesians 1, uh, 16. 
I do not cease to give thanks for you while making mention of you in prayer. So you can mention them in prayers. Paul made mention of the saints. You made mention of them. These are for the ones that are born again. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards you who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. Thank you, Lord. Which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. So, let's take for instance, uh, I'm praying for my son. His name is Caris. And Caris is born again. So, I'm praying for him. Okay? So, it's very simple. So, I say, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you. I thank you, God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that you will give to Caris a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of God. I pray that the eyes of Caris' heart may be enlightened so that he will know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in him. Because it's part of the saints. Now, when he says in the saints, you say in him or in Caris. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards him because he has believed in you? This is in accordance with the working of the strength of your mind, which you brought about. So, you, you have to, this is not, you have to be deliberate about this now. You pray there, you pray them, you make mention of them in prayers and speak over them. If you will cut out the time for so many things, you will find the time to pray. If you will cut out the time for so many things, 30 minutes every day, you will make changes in this world. Glory to the name of the Lord. So, after praying that, go to Colossians. You pray Colossians over them. Colossians 1, 9 to 10. Follow me now. Colossians 1, 9 to 10. So, you can pray again. So, I'll use my son as an example. I'm praying for Caris. So, you say, for this reason also, since the day we heard of it, you don't, you don't need to put all of that. I have not ceased to pray for you. So, you say, Father, I'm praying for Caris. That he might be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So that Caris will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please you in all respect, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to your glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified him to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. So, if you, if you would struggle with where to put their name and where not to put their name, you can type out these scriptures, insert their names already, have it printed out, put it in your prayer journal, or snap it, put it on your phone as a, as a, as a uh, whatever, as picture, and when it's time to pray for your family, you go right to those pictures, you highlight them, and you speak the word. <laughs> I mean, God help you if, you if you've got like 30 siblings. <laughs> God. You take one minute or you just put all their names in one. But, but well, go ahead. That's on a lighter mode. You go ahead and labor this and pray this over them. And something will begin to happen. The seed of God's word. The Holy Ghost. You're giving God permission on the earth to walk on your behalf where your family is concerned. Praise God. So, uh, essentially... I've shared with you, I'll wrap up now, just give you one of the scriptures I use in praying for my family also. But essentially, 
you, you can take this and begin to pray for your loved ones. So I've shown, I've shown you three scriptures to use for your loved ones who are not born again. Second Corinthians 4, 4, 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 4, Matthew chapter 9, verse 38. And if they are born again, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, pray this always. Colossians 1, 9 to 10, pray this always over them. Then, you can just have a chapter or a verse that you just use to pray for your family. So for me, uh, I pray one, Psalm 128 over my family. That's what I use as a family scripture to just pray. So I'm just going to share that with you and then I can close. Are you still here? Praise God. Psalm 128. I'll just, uh, uh, I'll just pray that. I'll just share that with you. This is one scripture I use in praying for my family. And uh, I just pray this and I speak it. It becomes a confession and a prayer. So I can do that continually. Psalm 128, 1 to 6. How blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you shall eat the fruit of your hands, you will be happy and it will be well with you. Verse 3. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children like olive plants around your table. Behold, for thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. Verse 5. The Lord bless you from Zion and may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Indeed, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. So how do I pray this? I pray specifically the verse 3. I pray the verse 1 and 2 for myself. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you because I fear you and I walk in your ways. And I thank you, Lord, because I eat the food of the labor of my hands and I'm happy and it is well with me. So I pray that for myself as the head of the house. Okay? Then number three, verse three, I pray for my wife. I decree and declare that Mary is a fruitful vine. I pray for my wife. She's a fruitful vine. Now, this is where the word of God has intelligence. I don't need to now look for the meaning of what a fruitful vine means. or no. Listen, The word of God knows. So I, I get that word back to him. Alright? Now, in essence, she's a fruitful vine within my house. So that means that she is not going to be driven out of my house. So there's, this scripture is, is, it means divorce is not happening. She is fruitful within my house. Okay? Your children are like only plants around my table. So it speaks of unity. It speaks of oneness. Okay? So I decree and I pray, Father, thank you. Because Mary is like a fruitful vine within my house. Okay? And my children, I put, I put their names, they're just two, so it's easy. So I say, Caris and Zara are like olive plants around my table. So, I, I don't have so many scriptures I pray for my family. I take this and I pray this over my family consistently. I speak it daily. I pray this every day. You know, then I come to verse um, 6. And, well, I say the Lord will bless us from Zion, the church, and we see the prosperity of the church all the days of our life. And then in verse 6, I say, I see my children's children. So in this prayer contains almost everything I desire to see in my family. I desire to see my grandchildren. I'm praying. I'm not going to wait till my children get up, uh, get to an age of marriage before I start talking about their grandchildren. No. I, I pray this. It's called preventive medicine. It's called immunity. <laughs> Glory to God. This is a scripture for long life because I see my children's children. This is, you know, so you just take the word of God, look for a scripture that ministers to you, that captures the picture of your loved ones and start praying it. And pray daily and speak it daily. It becomes a confession. It becomes a consciousness. What are you doing? You're releasing the spirit of God. You're releasing the being the head of the home, I'm giving God the permission to cause my children and my wife and, 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 and our house to, to align with His will and for them to grow up, you know, like when He says grow up like olive plants, it means they'll be where God planted them, they'll be fruitful, they'll be doing what God wants them to do. Praise the name of the Lord. So, this is how you go about it and I believe that by the Spirit of God, that God will cause you to have revelation, insight and understanding. 
uh, next week we're going to deal with praying God's plan for the nation. I hope you've been blessed by this message. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for you that the light of God's word will come upon you. That the heart of an intercessor will be released upon you. The spirit of prayer and impartation. And I come in agreement with you today over your family for those that are not saved. That in Jesus' name, laborers are sent their way. The God of this world, the veil is taken from their eyes. And the light of the glorious gospel shines in their heart. And for those who are born again, I come in agreement with you that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the eyes of understanding is enlightened, that they know the mystery of God's will, they walk in the will of God and in the knowledge of God, they increase in the knowledge of God, and they live a life that is well-pleasing to God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.